They didn't pay their salespeople. They, what they do, they manage and develop the vision for me and others so that you're bragging about what you have and telling them how it works specific to the situation. Something a commercial can't do, an advertisement on the side of a building can't do. This is the playbook. The first step of selling is to stimulate interest. To stimulate interest. The key to stimulating interest is different than most people think. Most people think to stimulate interest, you have to have this emotional connection, get people to trust and like you. Everybody's heard all this stuff about the first step of selling, trust and like, you know, compelling event. No, no, no. Stimulating interest is to get someone to call you back, email you back, DM you back. Think about it, over 80%, and everybody knows my rule about statistics, 99% of all statistics are made up, including this one. But to my best guess, about, that's my favorite statistic. That one I know is true. 99% of all statistics are made up. But think about it mathematically. If stimulating interest to you is getting people to to call you back, email you back, and DM you back, 80% or more of the people never get back to you. Think about the mathematical time and value advantage of getting people to get back to you and tell you yes or no. Over your ability to trust and like. Right, if, if, if I change those numbers around and out of 100 people, you can get 20 and I can get 80 to get back to me, I have a huge mathematical advantage, huge. So start with stimulate interest, realize I have to only stimulate interest to start to make sure someone gets back to me. Now. For the few people that get back to you automatically or are available right when you call them, for example, then you have to be ready to transition interest. So you stimulate interest to get someone's attention, then the next step, the second step of selling is to transition interest. And the way we transition interest is to ask open-ended questions to find out two things. What do you like and what don't you like about this? See, if I can keep asking open-ended questions, being more interested than interesting as a salesperson, if I can say, oh, what do you like about, what are you doing today? See, I, I'm the easiest salesman in the world. Right? You give me anything to sell, I'll sell it to you. Let's take you know, a car. You want me to sell a car? That red Porsche over there? Not a problem, right? Roger, what do you drive? A Prius. Prius. What do you like about it? Uh, the gas and the, the accessibility. Accessibility and guess what don't you like about it? Way it looks. Way it looks. <laughs> Would it help you if I gave you that I was able to provide you a car that had better accessibility, right? Better of whatever the other thing is, and it was the best looking car on the road. But that's transitioning interest. I didn't sell him anything. I asked him questions. And if he said, nah, you know, I'm really not interested, or how much, then I, I can say, well. Let's talk about the value of the way it looks, right? What are you gonna use that? Well, have you ever thought about when you drive up in a car that has that look, the people you attract? And you're in this business that one high net wealth individual extra a week would equate into an extra 10, 20, 50, $100,000, whatever it may be, right? I, I talk about taste sweat all the time, you know, buying things that you want, why? Because money is important because it buys the things that you want for the right reasons. So transition interest is through open-ended questions and leading questions. And 
the key to it, believe it or not, is you're really delving into getting someone to call you back. If someone calls you back, emails you back, or DMs you back, they have an open mind. Open-minded people have an open heart because they're connected. Open hearts have open hands that give and receive. So my only qualification in sales always is do you have an open mind? So stimulating interest, I'm testing to see if you have an open mind. Transitioning interest, I see if you have an open mind. If you don't have an open mind and you tell me, I love my car, why you ask? Oh, I was just curious you know, if it would help you if you had a car that maybe had more prestige so that you could have a higher net worth branding of yourself to get higher net worth clients because you're in real estate or whatever it is. Do you see a quantitative value to that? No, I'm not interested. Fuck off. All right, terrific. But you know how many people find that challenging and spend 80% of their time chasing a closed mind? It takes a thousand times minimum the effort to re-engineer a closed mind than it does an open mind. So all I'm looking for in the stimulating interest, in the second step, transitioning interest, is do you have an open mind? Then I share the vision by adding my credibility to it, right? So the third step is share a vision, enhance the emotional connection, what you like and don't like. Now get into the quantitative analysis of the reasons why you should buy the Porsche and be able to articulate it. Two different things. Sean will know this because he's an altered entrepreneur that's in love with his product. You got to be able to practice articulating the quantitative value in your vision, not just you know everything about it and assume everybody else does, including the math behind it. No, you got to sit in front of mirrors and friends and in recordings to articulate a quantitative value to share that vision, step three. If you can share a vision, now you not only have qualified an open mind, open heart and open hands, but now you only have two distinguishing things to figure out. And they both are to your benefit. One, do you know anyone that could help me? You share the vision, this is a great car to buy, do you know anyone that could help me? That one question will de determine if that person is one, a sponsor of yours, and they say, you know what? My sister's looking for a red Porsche. She really could use this. I'm you know, a teacher in elementary school. One, I can't afford the Porsche. Two, the prestige of it would actually turn off everyone at the school and they'd wonder if I was dealing drugs to the kids or something else. This is true. But my sister, right? Because now I've already stimulated an interest, transitioned interest, and share a vision to determine value, but not for you, but everybody, especially with social media and how we live today, knows somebody. So I've taken the open mind, the open heart, and the open hands and sharing a vision and determine if you're a sponsor of mine. And Roger says, yeah, my sister wants a car like that. In fact, you know what? I think I want it. Now he becomes a power sponsor, right? He wants it and he knows his sister. I'll get her a red one and you could have a blue one. Does that sound fair? This is how step-by-step -step sales are made. Now here's where people fall into problem is you get to the third step, open mind sponsor or power sponsor, and you think you're 80% of the way there. No, you're 20% of the way there. One of my 80-20 rules. Because 80% of your livelihood in sales is the fourth step. Manage and develop a vision. Now I have a go-no-go -no -go plan that I give people. It can be as short as a quick email or as long as a $50,000 scoping in an enterprise software sales. I have utilized them in all of the spectrum of this. What is a go-no-go -no -go plan? It's taking you step-by-step, -step, managing and developing the vision so that you get to decide 
when, where, and how this is gonna happen, and I get to perform according to a mutually aligned agreement. Next steps, you're interested in the red Porsche, I'm gonna get you all the information on the red Porsche by 4 p.m. today. By 9 a.m. tomorrow, I'm going to call to follow up to see if you have any questions. Does that sound fair? That's a tiny go-no-go plan. Or I'm going to send you an email that takes us through the six steps that are necessary for the purchase and financing of the red Porsche. But we're both working off of a list. And that's where the three no rule applies. If they go off the list, once they go off the list three times or you go off the list, then you walk away. 50% of the time, they'll come back to the list. 50% of the time, you'll never hear from them again. Which one's more valuable? The people that never call you back again. Why? Because the people who do call you back in uh, accordance to your go, no-go plan, you've just sped up the process. That's all you've done. They were gonna come back to you and say yes eventually anyway. That does have a significant value time, but the real value is, 80% of your time is spent on people that bleed us. People that were never gonna do business with us are the worst people to bleed us. The go, no go plan allows you to manage and develop the vision for both of you. If you manage and develop a vision of a sponsor or a power sponsor, you will thrive, which gives you the exponentiality of sales. So take the best brands ever. The one in my life that resonates is the Apple, right? Cause I was an IBM ThinkPad rim pager you know, 956 pager guy. And I sat in first class and the guy next to me opens up his Mac and he's doing business, or I thought art or teaching, because that was my perspective from the branding of Macs. And I'm waiting for my ThinkPad to boot up on the plane. And I'm waiting and waiting and he's already being productive, accessible and gracious. And I'm waiting and waiting. Then it pops up and it has, you know, a virus. <laughs> And I said, man, I wish I was an artist. And the guy looks at me and goes, what are you talking about? I work on Wall Street. He says, I'm an investment banker. So how are you using that? He goes, what do you mean? I go, I need Word, Excel, PowerPoint. He goes, I have that. All the commercials for Macs, all the marketing they're doing, they could never get the alignment that this guy got with me. Right? I switched over. And I bought millions of dollars of Apple laptops, computers, et cetera, million, and I sold more the same way that guy sold them. Same thing holds true with my iPhones. I was CEO of Samsung's first phone division, right? The world's first smartphone. All I would use is iPhones, right? Why? Because the guy's working for me is like, why are you using that? Watch this. Same thing with the ear pods. I don't want those. Somebody else sold those to me. They didn't pay their salespeople. They, what they do, they manage and develop the vision for me and others so that you're bragging about what you have and telling them how it works specific to the situation. Something a commercial can't do, an advertisement on the side of a building can't do.